welcome back to Rebel with the Cause. I'm your host, Eric. And, uh, oh boy, this uh, this week has got some good stories uh, that we're going to get right into. Um, so this one from U.S. News and World Report. Prices rise, sales fall after Philly imposes soda tax. <laughs> All right, so there was a decrease in sales of tax beverages in Philadelphia that equates to about one point. Two billion fewer ounces, right? Uh, So a year after Philadelphia imposed a tax on sugary and artificially sweetened beverage, sales of those items dropped by more than half in the city, according to the study published Tuesday that also found prices of the beverages increased significantly. Okay, so now this is uh, of no shock and surprise to those of us who um, know about these things, but when you tax something, you're going to get a lot less of it. And uh, no, your wages for your labor is uh, no different. If you tax those wages at a higher rate, people are going to look for ways to not report it or uh, try not to make as much so that they're not being taxed on it. Um, And the same thing here. Now, we can agree that uh, drinking Coke all day long, uh, drinking Diet Coke all day long, probably not the best thing for you okay it's not going to be uh in your best interest to be drinking cokes all day to be drinking diet coke all day if you're a diet coke drinker or whatever um not good for you okay all kinds of science out there that shows you that drinking this stuff not the best thing in the world for you however you cannot legislate morality meaning that i think Drinking that stuff is going to make you fat, and that's based off of actual science. People looking into, you know, corn syrup and, uh, you know, if, even if you're getting the stuff with the cane sugar in it, still not going to be the greatest thing in the world for you to drink. The only thing that you really need to be drinking is water. It's the only thing the body actually needs. You can make a case for coffee. Because of all the antioxidants and everything. I don't know. I'm not talking about putting sugar and and uh, the creamers and stuff in your coffee either. Um, but as far as drinking is concerned, the only thing you really need is water. Okay. That, that's it. Bare minimum, water. All right. Now, drinking Cokes, bad for you. Not good. All right. But... It's my body, my choice, right? I get to choose if I'm going to put a Coke in it or not. Okay? But what we have here are do-gooders. You know, the Johnny Good... You know, the the Susie Goody Two-Shoes and the Johnny Goody Two-Shoes. And they think they know better than you. And so they're going to say, well, we're going to tax this out of existence. And so, yeah, they, they get exactly what something like this would do. You're going to have less of those beverages being sold, and the prices of those beverages are going to go up. Okay? Okay, that makes sense to me. But what it comes down to is force. Okay? This is uh, Libertarianism 101. You're now forcing people to do something that they don't want to do. Okay? And that's namely paying a tax on a sugary beverage. Okay, now, where libertarians come down on it is the enforcement. Sure, 
I own a store. I don't really, but I'm making up a uh, a hypothetical situation here. All right, let's say I own a store, and I'm selling these Cokes, okay? Pepsis, if you're nasty. And uh, the government's going to come to me, and they're going to say, okay, now all of these uh, Cokes and stuff that you're going to sell, uh, we need you to start putting a, a tax on all of those, and we're going to collect that tax at the end of the quarter or at the end of the year or whatever. Uh, and I tell them, no, I'm not going to raise my price to cover for that tax. You can't collect it from me. You know, where does it go from there? Well, then we're going to send a strongly worded letter. And your attorneys are going to have to get involved. And then we're going to start freezing your accounts. Oh, you went to a cash-only business? Well, now we're going to have to send a police officer there. And so on and so on, up until I still tell them no, and now hands are being laid on me. Okay, so it's the enforcement is that what we have a problem with. Okay, now, let's say I own a store, and I got these Cokes in there, and then all of a sudden I have a change of heart. I don't want to sell those anymore. Okay, I think they're bad for you. Okay, all right. So I take that product off of my store shelves. And when people say, hey, I was in here yesterday, and I got a delicious Coke Zero from your fridge, and now it's not there. Well, I've made up my mind. I'm not going to sell it anymore. I don't think it's good for you. Okay. You know, the guy across the street's got him. Okay, so. You can kind of go from there. Now, rights and responsibilities, right? So the responsibility angle of this, and we know, we all know people out there don't read labels. They don't, uh, you know, do any other kind of informed consent on anything. Uh, and that's also, sorry for kicking my table here. Uh, and that also goes for informing themselves of what certain products are going to do for them or against them. And in this case, we all know, <laughs> at least we all should know, that Cokes are not good for you. All right, but I've seen people just drink them all day long. Literally, that's the only thing that they drink. It's Coca-Cola all day long. Diet Cokes, oh, I'm drinking a Diet Coke. There's no calories in there. Yeah, but, you know, it's chemical soup. You know, <laughs> Shouldn't be putting it into your body. The only thing you really need to drink is water. But, you know, they drink it all day long. Now, I've got a habit too. I like to drink coffee, and I drink coffee all day long. Okay. I drink it from the time I get to my office to the time I leave my office. And on the weekends, I'm drinking it, you know, a pretty good portion of the day. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I don't load my coffee up with sugar or anything because I don't eat sugar. You know, I'm having, you know, heavy cream. You know, my very first cup of the day will have my coconut oil and my uh, gelatin packet in it. A little, you know, a little splash of heavy cream on top of that because I like bringing sand to the beach. But I'm not drinking it with the, the coconut oil and the gelatin in it all day, you know. 
I may throw a couple of little splashes of uh, heavy cream in it after that. You know, but by the afternoon, that coffee is almost black. You know. <laughs> is it good for me? Mm. You can make a case that the, the caffeine and it's not the... <clears throat> Not the best thing in the world. Sorry for clearing my throat right there in your ears. <laughs> uh, you know, is it staining my teeth? Yeah. You know, I get comments on it when I go get my teeth cleaned. It's like, ooh, you, you drink coffee, huh? I was like, yeah, all of it. You got coffee here? I'll drink it. You know, that type of stuff. Um, but as far as the Cokes are concerned, yeah, right here. Pennsylvania, Philadelphia in, in particular. Finding out. That the beverage is being sold, it's 1.2 billion fewer ounces. And you got to figure that probably the average that they're selling is a little 20 ounce bottles, right? You know, and I've walked into some of these places, you know, they got like 64 ounce, like small trash can sized Cokes in there for, you know, a couple bucks. You know, it's decreasing from, you know, 2.4 billion to 1.2. That's, that's half. And you increased a tax on it. So now you're not taking in any of that money. Sales of the tax beverages decreased about 38%. There you go. Philadelphia was the second city in the U.S. to implement a tax on the beverages. Officials hoped that the 1.5 cent per ounce tax, 1.5 cents per ounces, would generate revenue to support universal pre-kindergarten, community schools, and city improvements, as well as curb the consumption of unhealthy drinks. Well, you, you did that. You curbed the consumption, right? Yeah, because, you know, definitely people aren't going outside of the city limits of Philadelphia to go buy stuff. You know, universal pre-kindergarten, community schools, city improvements. Now look, folks, you are too big to be sitting on the park benches. You're breaking them. We need to replace them. <laughs> right? You know, I don't know. People in Philadelphia, your kindergartens any better? Your community schools, whatever that term means, any better? Park benches, city improvements, you know, are the lights any brighter? I doubt it. You know, policy is a win-win. According to Christina Roberto, lead researcher and assistant professor of medical ethics and health policy at the Perlman School of Medicine. Oh, it's a win-win. Obviously not. You know, you tax something, and because we all know if you tax something, you're going to get less of it. No introduction here of the Laffer curve at all. <laughs> you know, a cent and a half per ounce. Yeah, here we go. However, sales in the zip codes of Pennsylvania towns bordering Philadelphia increased by 308.2 million ounces. <laughs> oh, they put a tax on the Dr. Pepper. Mmm. I can go outside the city for that. <laughs> silliness. Silliness. 
Uh, if you guys want people to stop drinking the sugary beverages, you know, you're uh, going to need a little bit better education. You know, and that's all going to start at home. You know, moms and dads out there, you got to stop being friends to your kids. You know. And I know, I'm guilty of it too. You know. I got a son that drinks Dr. Pepper. You know, and I've, tell, I've told him relentlessly, it's not good for you, drink water. But, you know, it can only go so far. You just hope that they listen. One day they might, one day they might not. All right. Speaking to people who can't listen to logic, reason, or facts. White House explores new former bailout plan as U.S.-China trade war heats up. I thought these tariffs were such a good thing. I thought these tariffs were awesome. That China was going to be paying these uh, tariffs. No. No. <laughs> no, no. Who, who all here has uh, walked into a Walmart recently? A lot of the things on the shelves at Walmart are made in China. Prices are going up. Where is this? Uh, Daily Herald. Okay. Washington White House officials are scrambling to come up with a new bailout plan to placate furious farmers after President Donald Trump's initial idea of donating unused crops to poor countries came under scrutiny. People briefed on the planning said... Amid intense political pressure from Senate Republicans, White House officials are eyeing different ways to advance funds to agricultural companies that have complained that they are being caught in the middle of the escalating trade battle with China. China. Senate Finance Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley, Republican from Iowa, <clears throat> said he planned to write a letter to Trump to explain his, the concerns of farmers because he felt that the argument he had repeatedly made to the president in person was not registering. Really? Donald Trump doesn't listen when people are talking to him? You're talking at him. You're not talking to him. Right? I mean, he's might, he might as well be holding up his hand. Talk to the hand because the face doesn't understand. You're fired. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if you talk to him face to face, he hears everything you say said Grassley, who has emerged as one of Trump's chief critics in the administration's trade approach in recent weeks. Okay. Uh, so now you have the White House trying to figure out how they're going to keep these farmers, uh, you know, from losing their shit. And Iowa is a very important state, and it's going to be in a very important state next year. Right? Because of the Hawkeye cockeye, right? <laughs> and if he wants to win re-election, he's... You know, going to have to give corn subsidies uh, to everybody, right? But yeah, this is, a, you know, anyone paying attention? Again, the economics lesson here. Tariffs are taxes. Taxation is theft. China isn't paying these tariffs. They are passing that price to the customer. When you go and buy your Chinese-made whatever, doesn't matter what it is, iPhones, you know, the country of China is not going to pay that import tariff, that export tariff. You're going to pay that when you go to the register. Hmm. No, well, the price of this, uh, price of this, uh, cheaply made good in another country has gone up a little bit. Oh, hmm. I thought, uh, I thought Trump was uh, sticking it to him. Yeah, he did stick it to him. 
Yeah, you are the mm. <laughs> You're the one who got stuck. Uh, let's go on. All right, so this one was kind of a fun one. I kind of saw this one. I had to had to had to do that. Uh, I love myth busting. Anytime I can bust a myth, you know, I love it. And uh, this is one of those. Uh, this one's from the Sun uh, in the UK. Make of that what you will. Men don't think about sex every seconds every seven seconds. We're more likely thinking about football instead. Almost 65% of lads admitted to thinking about football more than sex, a new study has revealed. Uh, okay, so the 64% of the men are thinking about football. Now, of course, in England, that means, you know, soccer to us Americans. And they're thinking about this way more than than, uh, than the uh, physical, intimate relations with the, uh, with the ladies or other dudes, if that's, how, if that's what you do. Uh, and so... Part of a recent survey by Illicit Encounters. That doesn't sound like a legit research group. <sighs> Illicit Encounters, the UK's leading married dating website. Married dating. <laughs> okay, so uh, <laughs> for you uh, prudish uh, squares out there, married dating is when you're married to somebody and you want to date someone else on the side. So think Ashley Madison. That's what this is. They did a study. <laughs> All right. So a recent survey to uncover the biggest sex myths for both men and women. It is often thought that blokes, uh, that's uh, dudes over here, with large feet or hands will have bigger manhood. But there is no scientific link between the two. And I feel personally attacked. 76% uh, of men think the myth is rubbish, according to the survey. Survey. Meanwhile, oysters may be proven as an aphrodisiac to get you in the mood, but only 12% of lads polled say that they actually turn them on. Okay. Another common misconception is that sex before sport will ruin your chances of playing well. All right. And men reckoned it was rubbish so long as you're not up all night and getting a decent sleep. Feel free to enjoy a night before the big game. So the top 10 male sex myths, number one, Men think about sex every second, seven seconds. Big hands and feet means you have a big penis. Uh, you'll play badly at sports when you're having sex the night before. Oysters make you horny. Women peak sexually later than men. Men have never cheated on their partner. Good sex has to be spontaneous. Good sex needs to last a long time. Men having a higher sexual drive than their partner. You can burn a lot of calories during sex. Oh, here we go. Calorie in, calorie out again. And it's not just the men's sex myths that were busted in the study, almost 80% of the women said the G-spot doesn't exist. And in fact, only a fifth have actually located theirs, so don't feel bad, fellas. <laughs> I can't take this damn thing seriously. Oh, man, this thing is just filled with, like, bad puns and bad jokes and everything. Okay, so, uh, good news, guys. Women apparently also busted the myth that size really matters. Three-quarters of the women's claim technique is more important than achieving sexual satisfaction. Okay, so uh, uh, you can throw this out. This doesn't mean anything. All right, so a website devoted to uh, married dudes trying to hook up with, uh, with, with women that aren't married to them, right, uh, conducted this study, and this is self-reported, right? 
Uh, and uh, so we see a lot of this. It's called an epidemiological study, and it's garbage. <laughs> so, yeah, while I get it, it's 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 fun to read, and it's you know kind of funny, and they got to, you know some jokes and stuff, and um, and everything in there. But uh, take it with a grain of salt. I, I wouldn't call it a complete myth busted in this one, but. Um, yeah, definitely something that's going to get people to talk. It got me to talk, anyways. All right. All right, well, now we're going to go to the uh, part of the show that is uh, devoted to listener questions. And uh, I sent the tweet out earlier, if anyone had anything. And I got a couple. Uh, one from at Bijerino. When is it on? Right now, if you're listening to it. Whenever that now is, right? Because for me, now was before. And so now, this is now. You understand? Okay. <laughs> All right, second one was actually a more serious one from uh, uh, at E. Laprice. That's, that's another Eric out there. Uh, where does the responsibility for bad government policy enforcement land? The people who voted the... Let me rewind there. The people who voted, the people who wrote the policy, or the people who violently enforce it. Okay, so uh, this is going to kind of kind of lie in the voting as violence, I'm thinking. Um, so bad government policy is kind of everyone's uh, deal, uh, at least in my opinion. Uh, if it is a ballot measure where people say we, you know, want you government to do this, um, you know, California is actually uh, quite popular with this. And if it's, you know, it's something that's anti-liberty and it's going to be bad on, on all fronts, everyone has to take a share of the uh, <laughs> of the shit soup sandwich on that one. Um, so, yeah, the people who vote for bad law. Sure, there's responsibility there. People who write bad law that then people vote on? Right. Again, responsibility on all sides. Those who enforce it, they're going to claim they're just doing their job, lady. I'm just doing my job, bro. There's almost no thought process put into it whatsoever. Okay, and uh, it doesn't really matter that, you know, there was an entire trial... After World War II that said, no, you can't use that as a defense. It still gets used as a defense. And we see that today when we got police officers um, using Warren versus the District of Columbia as a defense. You know, I've got qualified immunity. I don't have to protect you. In quotes, right? I just have to protect society. I don't really have any obligation to protect you, the individual. And so that that's what they'll claim. All right. So is voting violence? Okay. Well, if we're voting that, uh, you know, we think people who have uh, certain substances on them need to spend time in prison for it. Because after all, we know that prison rape solves substance abuse problems. Um, yeah. Yeah. That part is violent. It's very much so by its very definition, right? 
uh, uh, we're voting in a new tax. We're voting in a tax increase. Yeah. Violence and coercion, fraud, all that's all the bad stuff is used to prop that up. Yeah, there's a, definitely a lot of blame to go around in those cases. People who write the stupid law, people who vote for the stupid law, and the people invo- enforcing the stupid law. Now, there's going to be my unpopular anarchist uh, position. Uh, I kind of take the Lysander Spooner defense on it. Uh, this is a battle that I am forced to be in. Okay? And uh, just like if, you know, there was a civil war outside my house, it, and now I'm being pressed into service because I'm trying to protect my house and people in it. Right? So, yeah, if there is a tax on the ballot, yeah, I'll go in there and I'll vote it down. Okay? If it's some kind of thing that's going to give government more power, yeah, I'll go in there and vote it down. Okay. Do I want to vote for a particular individual? No, not really. Especially if they are of the R and D persuasion. Yeah, because I just know that whatever they're going to do, they're just going to, you know, we'll introduce a Horton's Law on this. They'll throw away all their good promises and keep all their bad ones. You know, Woods Law also dovetails into that. No matter who you vote for, you get John McCain. Just all bad all the time. <laughs> Libertarian Party, you, you know, being a member, you got shit candidates too. Okay, there's no way in hell that you can look at Bill Weld and say, "Yep, he he represents the ideals of liberty." That one can't can't do it. Okay, so I I think that answers that question, all right? People who are introducing ballot measures that are anti-liberty, yes, they can be blamed. People who are in government that are writing that stupid crap, yes, they can be blamed. The enforcers, yeah, they can be blamed too, even though they don't want to cop to any kind of responsibility to it. Okay. So I would say if there's any case to be made for actually voting something, it's voting against. Decentralize and repeal should be the name of the game. Yeah, so if there's some kind of ballot measure out there that's trying to repeal a certain law, yeah, I'll go out there and vote for that, sure. If it's going to get a bad law off the books, no problem. Voting down a tax, no problem. Livingston Parish right here in Louisiana. Just did one. Mosquito abatement. Everywhere you go in southern Louisiana, there are standing, there's standing water. There's no way trucks going down the street spraying chemicals... It's going to get all the mosquitoes. It's just not going to happen. Personal responsibility. You got standing water sitting on your property. Get rid of it. Backyard toys for your little kids is probably going to be the number one spot. Okay. There's a lot of bayous and standing ponds that those little stupid trucks can't get to. Okay, and if you've got stuff growing in the front yard and that truck passes by, you know, if it doesn't kill it outright, you know, I've got 
you know, I know of several places that have fruit trees and stuff in their front yards. You know, pecans are a big thing down here. You know, I'm not going to eat a pecan that's been sprayed. You know, I'm just not going to do it. Well, you can wash it off. Un-American, don't want them to kill them mosquitoes. Yeah, okay, whatever. All right, so yeah, bad policy. Plenty of blame to go around. And in fact, everyone should be looking in the mirror for that. Because not all of us were born libertarians. Not all of us were born anarchists. Sure, you can look in the mirror and you can point the finger. That's kind of all on all of us. So... All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week. Um, sure enough, I actually got some ratings and reviews. And uh, at least on iTunes. But I never got any kind of notification on there. So some of these are kind of old. Which I think is, is kind of fun. So let me pull that up while I'm talking to you. And while I'm uh, doing that, I would like to remind you all, uh, yeah, please leave a rating and review for the show. And I guess I'm just going to have to check it on my own. Because <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get any kind of notification on it. So uh, here we go. Uh, duh, duh, duh. We got six five-star ratings. So thank you for those of you who have uh, dropped the five stars on there. Uh, let's see, first one, this one came in uh, this uh, Wednesday. Rebel for a good cause, thank you very much. Uh, fabulous show, Eric really knows how to report on the news with a liberty angle in a simple, concise, and informative manner. He's funny too, and calls bunk when he sees it. Great work, man, thanks for all you do, and keep it up. Thank you, Jazzy Knight, who left that. Uh, that, was, that was very great. I appreciate it. Uh, this one, now like I said, some of these are kind of old, so this one's going all the way back to January 30th uh, from David and Cat. He is upfront about how he feels about current issues on various topics and isn't afraid to explain that he is coming at the issue as a libertarian. I just like a little more consistency on when the podcasts come out. Um, yeah, this one's kind of old. Um, I think I've been rather consistent trying to get it out at least once a week and everything, uh, so I do appreciate uh, dropping the rating and review there. All right, now this other review, this is actually one that I did uh, just to kind of see, and this was like all the way back from September of 2018. Uh, that was just one that I did to see how quickly those show up. And um, I'm just now noticing it, so I guess uh, quite a while unless they hold them. But uh, I got six ratings, all of them five-star. Uh, thank you guys very much for that. That's that's awesome. Uh, put a big old smile on my face, uh, on my goofy face, I should say. So thank you for that. Uh, if you want to support the show in other ways, uh, you can certainly do that. I've got uh, all kinds of ways to do that. Uh, Patreon.com. Uh, I've got bitbacker.io. Uh, Subscribestar recently just allowed my profile to be viewed by everyone. So that's live now. Uh, Paypal.me forward slash rebel with a cause show. Uh, if you got fiat burning a hole in your pocket. Uh, if you want to get something for that uh, donation, you can always go over to teespring.com forward slash rebel with a cause podcast. And uh, I've got t-shirts, mugs, uh, everything up there. Uh, just added a tank top in time for summer. 
with the uh, don't hurt people, don't take their stuff on the front of it. Um, so that one, uh, I think, is kind of fun. But uh, anyways, thank you guys so much uh, for listening in every week. Uh, I see the audience numbers are, you know, kind of creeping up there a little bit. And that's always a good thing. I like to get more ear holes if I could. Uh, so if you could, please leave rating reviews, share the show with your friends, everything. I'll keep uh, coming back and doing them. All right, guys. Until next week, out.